1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these
2: uncertain times? Visit robblack.com. robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Yesterday was an interesting one, right? Cuz we went down. Oh, we're not allowed to go down. This is a show dedicated to getting your retirement. This is a show dedicated to get you involved in the market. My hope and my goal is that you find wealth accumulation part of your life as mainly entertaining versus spending all your paycheck. Just saving a little bit. 515 or 510 or 15% is all I'm asking. The more earlier, the better. So, yesterday the NASDAQ was down 2%. Oh, we're not allowed to go down. We had a crazy stretch where we didn't go down 1% on the market crazy long stretch it feels weird so nasdaq was down two percent in one day sp500 down 1.3 percent The dow jones industrial average down basically 100 uh one basis point or 100 uh basis points 98 basis points So one percent the coin's still struggling with thirty i i'm not paying that much attention to it but it is starting to like log in my head that it's having problems going higher AMD was a big loser yesterday, down 7%. Today, after the market, we're going to get Apple and Amazon. Will they be enough to come save the markets? Probably not, because both of them are very extended. AMD sank yesterday after predicting weak sales for the next quarter. Qualcomm revealed sales dropped 25% last quarter. Um, Qualcomm, a big intellectual property semiconductor play. A lot of people worry about their long-term future because they license their technology. Really good modems, but companies like Apple are developing really good modems of their own. There's a quick thought here. It's not lost on me that we have stopped talking about a recession that was imminent for this back half of the year. Bank of America's economist became one of the first in a major wall street to reverse their earlier prediction. I'm not saying he did quietly. I think he is. I'm not proud of him, but saying, whoops. Uh, Less than a year ago, just about everyone was forecasting an imminent recession based on higher interest rates pushed up by the Fed. Historically, that should happen. It's not unprecedented that, that, you know, everyone got caught up in that. In order to fight inflation, you reduce borrowing costs or you increase borrowing costs by increasing borrowing costs, you reduce loans by reducing loans, you reduce loan activity, and you can just kind of see it kind of chokes the economy. The Bloomberg economics probability model suggests there was a 100% chance of a recession. Um, now people are just backing off. JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon told investors yesterday to brace for an impending economic hurricane in June of 2022. Now he's saying, you know, the U.S. economy is fine. Interesting, right? Elsewhere out there, what do we have to hit? Um Oftentimes on this show, say things like, tell your kids to be careful what they post on the Internet. And I find myself just screaming at not not screaming at my kids, but disciplining my kids for inappropriate language on the Internet. But Warner Brothers, they can do it, too. They're apologizing after their Barbenheimer posts, basically showing Oppenheimer carrying Barbie out of Japan on his shoulders after the nuclear war. Um. I could see why Japan would be offended by that. Are we a little too easily offended? I think as a nation, we are. Um, But I I, I see that one. Amazon is really, really struggling in some areas of their business. They kind of have two weird little initiatives, right? At least two weird ones that I can come up with. Well, I guess you can say three if you want to count video. I don't think their Amazon Prime video is great it has struggled to build a mass audience it has struggled to have a big hit it has struggled to get shows that are high profile through a first season before being canceled now there are other two initiatives that i find interesting are grocery and healthcare i think healthcare seems to be doing a little bit better than grocery yesterday amazon fresh delivery said they're now available to non prime members in a dozen cities the redesigned supermarkets that they have feature bright colors, Krispy Kreme stands by the door, self-checkout lanes, kind of a easy pass kind of situation. We'll see how they do. I, I don't know if that one's going to last for them. It doesn't feel like it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. The union representing Hollywood striking writers plans to meet with studios on Friday for the first time since breaking off negotiations in May. I, if I were to to throw down a wager, I will throw down a wager that says the screen actors and the writers get less than they they want it. And I'm not anti-union when I say that. Um, There's a lot of writers in this world. And there's way too many actors and actresses in this world. Toyota's bringing back the Land Cruiser just three years after pulling it from the U.S. market. That's kind of cool. When I see a Land Cruiser, it does kind of stand out, right? The Mega Millions jackpot up to $1.25 billion. My advice don't play. Watch others lose their money. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has separated from his wife. Shocking. The thought there is they were two very good looking people. And if it can happen to them, it can happen to anyone. Divorce is very expensive. If I could tell you and teach you to, to marry well, I would, um, I married very poorly. My first wife lasted under a year. How's that for humiliating? We didn't get into like the seven year itch. We got into under a year. Um, <clears throat> she had done some modeling and let's just say richer people than thou were reaching out to her with inappropriate offers. Eight hundred five one six. how's that for honest talk? Huh? And when I found out, I was like, under a year? I get seven years, but under a year? It, that does not make sense. Um, let's move on, shall we? So I can get out of this sticky situation where I feel awkward about my life. There's no shortage of news on the newswire. Corporate earnings results have come in fast and furious. Apple and Amazon report tonight. There's a little bit of analysis paralysis hitting the market as new develops like the Fitch ratings downgrade on the U.S. debt. A disappointing outlook from Qualcomm. A 25 basis rate hike by the Bank of England. The 10-year Treasury is playing with 4.1%. I don't think stocks can work at 4.1%. One. I think they can work in the 3.8 range. So, I'm not predicting breakout at this point in time. Again, I'm just going with some traditionals. It would be nice if they did. It would show you a really strong economy. But I myself, I I look around and I'm like, wait, wait, I can get four and a half, five and a half percent in cash or cash equivalents or bonds. Like, yeah, that's not the worst thing in the world. I'm not saying I'm doing all, and I'm not telling you I'm selling any of my stocks. It's just it's tough to put new money and say this is excitable. The market's fixed on the thinking of rising rates, in my opinion, and maybe even a continued increase in the Fed's policy rate are going to get in the way of further multiple expansion. Accordingly, some of the bravado witnessed in the run up this year, particularly in the Nasdaq and the market cap weighted S P five hundred, has been
1: tempered in the short term. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Thursday, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things
2: financial money, investing, and more. China makes a law to limit kids' phone time. I understand that the Chinese government unveiled new regulations capping the time minors can spend on their smartphones. The best part is they're laying the task of enforcing the new law at the feet of online platforms, not parents'. Interesting, right? So it's companies like Tencent and ByteDance, which is owner of Tiktok and its sister app, Douyin. China's government has been stoking fears about various forms of online overuse for a while now. China's important. China's really important in following uh, trends. What else do we have to talk about? Um, Qualcomm. Stock is getting dropped pretty aggressively today. They've sharpened its focus on diversifying its revenue streams in an effort to lessen its dependence on a handset market that's prone to experiencing extreme ups and downs. But listen to what is really, really hurting Qualcomm. It's China. So China's banning or limiting use of kids in their apps. And China, had, well, let's talk, let me step back. There's a PC market and there's a cell phone market. The handset market has made little improvement in working through high inventory levels that are plaguing manufacturers. The main issue is that China's Qualcomm's largest geographic market is about 60 percent. Hasn't recovered as strongly as anticipated after lifting most of their covid related restrictions. So not exactly roaring times at Qualcomm, and they're looking at China for the blame. Now, they also have something called the Internet of Things. That revenue plunged by 24% to $1.5 billion, matching last quarter's decline. Similar to handsets, the Internet of Things market is continuing with elevated inventory levels in the channel due to weak demand amongst consumer industrial customers. I keep hearing weak demand for electronics this starting season. What company sells a lot of electronics? Best Buy. I'm not going... I I, I haven't owned Best Buy in my lifetime. But let's just put it this way. This isn't exactly making me want to own Best Buy either. Picking up what I'm putting down. Other stories of note today. Include... Let's see. I want, there it is. Um, It's not lost on me that we're in a down market for one day plus. We needed it. I know that I care a lot about stocks, but I don't know if my contractor does. I don't know if my dentist does. I don't know if my ex-girlfriend does. I'm looking at it on a day-by-day basis because I'm a stock guy. I want to get you to retirement. I live in Marin County where there's some financial people. Most There's a lot of successful people. But I can't imagine living in Des Moines, Iowa, where you're not going to run into stock market crazies. When the stock market crashes, it makes big headline news. Stocks are down 20% last year. And it wasn't exactly a big story on the nightly news. I'm Tom Brokaw. I understand in my world, it's pretty dramatic. But in most people's world, it's not. People care a lot when stocks are moving higher. AI stocks, dot-com stocks. The late 1990s. Um, 2021. People get caught up in that kind of stuff. Which is the exact opposite for me. I remember in the 1990s. Um, I was starting to get the feelers to move to California. So I'd visit a lot. And I would go on different TV st- shows because in Northern California, you have all these tech companies. And if you call ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox affiliates news and say, Hey, I'm a stock guy. I can come on and talk about Apple. I'll even bring their latest phone and, and and talk about why it's going to be a big thing. Um, people are interested in the late 1990s. Stocks were moving up so fast that, ETrade took out a commercial of a monkey on a rocket going to the moon during the Super Bowl. I don't think there was any other story or any other words than just that. Like, if a monkey can do it kind of thing, right? People quit their jobs and became day traders. So when I was saying that I went around ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, I also went to E-Trade because they were an online trader that had online news updates. And it was pretty cool in San Francisco. There was a a building. It was a circular glass building. I want to say on Union Street or near Union Street. And um, probably had 40 computers in there for people to come off the street and buy and sell stocks. Now, that's pretty close to what happened this week with Tupperware. It's just 20 years later. It's meme stock mania, where you don't have to go into a glass building to buy and sell stocks. You can do it from your home and use the internet to see what they're talking about on Reddit. GameStop and AMC sucked a lot of people into the markets and destroyed a lot of wealth. Nvidia is doing it today where a lot of people are chasing it. I own shares of Nvidia. I'm not chasing it. I bought it last year when it was down 40, 50% from its highs. I play a little bit different game to manage my risk. I like buying stocks in down days. So when I tell you we haven't had 1% down in a string of succession of trading days, I haven't had a lot of time to buy. When you get into a stock like Nvidia and it's really super easy, and you see it go from 80 to 100 to 120 to 140 to 200 to 220, 225, 300, 350, 400, 450, 480, that's the easiest time of the world. The rest of the time when you invest it, it takes time. Um, so I like buying stocks when they're off their highs aggressively. That's just me. So again, I think this whole segment and recap is uh, most people don't care about stocks unless it's easy money going up or super dramatic money going down. I like the boring times in between. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Hi, I'm Rob Black. I really want to get you to enjoy investing. And one of the areas that we can really substantiate this is start young. Get your kids involved. Um, Don't get your kids involved in day trading. Don't get your kids involved in speculative stocks. Get them involved in something that they can work with. Ticketmaster. Mom, Dad, I want to go see Taylor Swift. Tickets are so expensive. Buy them shares of Ticketmaster and hold it for 10 years. See what happens. You don't have to buy them $100,000. Get something that they understand. Video games. Activision, Electronic Arts. Take-Two Interactive. When Red Dead Redemption... No, not Red Dead Redemption. Um... When the next big video game is announced, it's going to move stocks big. And I'm talking about Grand Theft Auto 6. It'll probably move, take two, stock up 50%. But they'll also come out with Red Dead Redemption 3, and they've got a long, long time to milk these franchises. I'm not saying you have to, like, hit the home run. Just get kids involved. Now, if it were me and we were sober and it wasn't infotainment, I would tell you the most boring thing you could do is probably the best thing you could do. You can to Vanguard or Fidelity. I'm going to talk about Vanguard this segment for no reason. I like Vanguard. I like Fidelity. I like Schwab. I have no reason to own any other brokerage account. I like their paperwork and I like their costs. Vanguard Group is the second largest asset manager in the world with more than $7 trillion in assets. It's still growing thanks to a powerful brand. Vanguard was founded in 1975 by investing icon John Bogle, the man who many credit with popularizing index funds and passive investing instead of active trading. If you're... A Vanguard fan you might be referred to as a boglehead. His most famous quotes include "Just sage investment advice. Don't look for the needle in the haystack, just buy the damn haystack. Time is your friend, impulse is your enemy. He's dead, but he lives on what an institution to found, and basically. Throw the the American Eagle, the bird, at Wall Street and say, I'm lowering costs. That's my impression of uh, Harrison Ford playing Jack Bogle in the biopic.
0: I'm lowering
2: costs. Get off my airplane. Bogle's practical and effective advice centered on long-term investment. On patience over speculation. On focus on low costs. To make sure that you're not going to hit by hefty fees. I'm not knocking the American funds. I just don't like them because they're, they're so expensive to buy. If you've already bought them and you've already paid ridiculously high commissions, they're fine. The Vanguard funds, you don't have to pay the, the ridiculously high commissions. What makes the best Vanguard ETFs? First and foremost, if you're going to go ETFs, I go long term and I go hands off, I rebalance. I set my allocation, I set my weightings, and then I rebalance maybe a yearly, maybe quarterly, maybe biannually, wherever you say I want. 40% large cap, 20% mid cap, 10% small cap, and 10% international. If my large cap grows to beyond where I want it, I'll sell some, and what underperformed, I'll buy more of that. So in my mutual funds and ETFs, I tend to sell my winners and buy my underperformers. Stocks, it's exactly opposite. Um, What I like about Vanguard is you can minimize your fees to maximize your profits. The less money you're giving away, the more opportunity cost you lose. Or, no, the less money you give away, better. The more money you give away, the more opportunity cost you lose. So, you don't have the opportunity for that cash working for you. I drip. I know you're saying, please, dear. Golly, don't tell me you drip. I drip. I said, don't tell me you drip. I drip. What does that mean? It stands for dividend reinvestments. Dividend reinvestment program. So, Anytime I'm in an income fund or an S&P 500 and it yields 2%, that 2% buys me more S&P 500. It's not a vacation for me yet. It is not retirement money for me yet. That comes from my income. Later in life, it'll come from my investments, but for now, it comes from my income. So I'm constantly reinvesting my dividends. I try not to own mutual funds that have capital gains. In large part, mutual funds are a little different than index funds or index DTFs. If you buy a mutual fund, like a growth fund, which is there's some really good ones, I'll be honest with you. And. Uh, they may have bought NVIDIA 10 years ago at four dollars and they just sold it at 400, but you only got into the mutual fund. When it was at 300 and went to four and you're like, sweet. You're still paying the taxes on that from 10 years ago. That doesn't seem right. I know. Um. So, a very popular fund that's amongst the best ETFs overall is Vanguard S and P 500 ETF ticker symbol is VOO. V-O-O. As you can imagine, the exchange traded fund is benchmarked the S P 500. It doesn't get cute by picking special sectors or playing favorites. It's just 500 stocks, copied and pasted onto its buy list without any fuss. VOO is about. It. Because it doesn't try to beat the index, it is the index, with a fully diversified line of large domestic uh, lar- well, a line of large domestic stocks. And here's the problem: the S P 500 has kind of changed in the last couple of years, as Apple and Amazon, as Alphabet and Microsoft, have become trillion dollar companies. But the expense ratio on VU is point zero three percent. So for $100,000, you pay a measly $30 a year to own it. That's rock bottom. That's what I think most people should be in. As a start. There's a spider S&P 500 ETF sounds good, right? An ETF tied towards S&P 500. Well, that one charges point zero nine five. So that's $95 a year on 100,000 versus 30. I'm sorry, but that extra $65 I want in me pocket, as Popeye would say. As for Drip, you're saying in the word again, Rob. Say it or say I Drip, Rob Drips. If you have a Vanguard account, you're eligible to take advantage of its dividend reinvestment program free of charge. This takes the stress out of investing because you don't have to think about reinvesting and your returns automatically compound over time. And for the record, Albert Einstein never said compounding is the is a modern miracle um but it is so when you have ten thousand when you have a hundred dollars and you get three percent that's three dollars right so the following year your hundred dollars gets three percent that's three more dollars but your three dollars gets three percent that's the magic of dividends and dividend reinvesting and i'm not going to say it's magic like ta-da it's pretty good though so this is not a commercial for Vanguard. I am not an influencer. I saw today that Slice, which is an app, if you want to order pizza, not from Domino's or Papa John's or Pizza Hut, but Slice goes to independent pizza companies across the United States, and there are plenty of them. And says, we'll, we'll build your story into our app so that if Rob's in Des Moines, Iowa, he can pull up Slice on his phone and Find out where the local pizzeria is closest to his hotel. Why am I in Des Moines, Iowa? I don't know. Just for the sake of the story. Does Des Moines, Iowa have good pizza? I don't know. It's just for the sake of the story. But 19,000 pizzerias have joined um, Slice. And they're hiring for $100,000. Someone who can be an influencer and make videos of how much they like pizza. Now, that sounds like something I could get behind, except for I tend to like one type of pizza, <laughs> so it'd be very boring. I'd like a garlic and fennel sausage pizza in Des Moines, Iowa. They're like, uh, wait, what's the word fennel mean? Sorry, Des Moines, I'm knocking on you. Uh, did you see that viral video of a guy going in 7-Eleven stealing cigarettes in Stockton and and two employees beat that the, the snot out of the guy? Um, I, I wish I could understand the theft that's going on in America and somehow put it into perspective for you, but I can't, it's not logical. It It's depressing. It's discouraging. It's sad. One. I can tell you that being a pizza influencer and getting paid a hundred thousand dollars to make TikTok uh, videos sounds like a job I would want, but how many influencers do you think in the world make a hundred thousand dollars? Probably not that many. Tying this all up, you could own shares of Domino's Pizza, or you could own shares of the S and P 500 through Vanguard. Ooh, Domino's Pizza has been one of the most successful stocks in the last ten years because of the COVID. The COVID, I've now called it the. That's funny. Um, the SARS. <laughs> when you get the the treatment, you're something. But anyway, um, Vanguard, VOO, not a bad way to start for kids. You want to go with pizza? That's fine, too. P-Z-Z-A. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth Certified Financial Planners. Online at robblackshow.com. Okay. So this segment I could talk about Adidas, also known as Adida. Adida. They get the boost from the Yeezys. But his name is Yay now, so why are they called Yeezys? I don't understand. I'm too old. I could do a segment on Nike and their stock potentially being a buy, and the U.S. women's national team, and what a disaster that'd be if they get knocked out in the round in this round. Or I could do this segment on me, 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 me. I was right. Which one do you think I'm gonna pick? Yeezy. And Adidas, Nike, the U.S. Women's National Team. Or me. Let's do me first and see what we can get through. There's an article today in Business Insider. Good, 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 good company. I think they do a nice job. But again, some of the articles are written by 22 year olds. Some of the articles are written by 35 year olds. You want a little more perspective when you look for business articles. So I prefer the New York Times or Barron's. But that's me. Being a bit of a snob. But the article that comma headline is, if you want to know where the economy is headed, don't watch the Fed. Track this interest rate instead. Anything above 4% is bad, like a goat. So when the Fed raises rates, sometimes real-world interest rates fall. The 10-year Treasury bond yield is often more important for borrowing costs. That long-term yield also has a big impact on stock valuations. This is something I've been saying for years. And if you learn one thing today, let's play with this one again and again and again and again in our heads in the future. When the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, that's not actually the thing that causes borrowing costs to rise. It's the 10-year Treasury bond is the one to watch closely. This week, the yield jumped over 4%. It even topped 4.1%. That's the highest level since late 2022. When the Fed raises rates, investors think it has the economy under control. And inflation won't be much higher in the future. When that happens, the yield on a 10-year treasury bond declines. Even though the Fed raised rates, borrowing costs in the real world actually fall. Other times when the Fed raises investors' worry it's behind the curve, the economy may grow too much and prices will rise in the future. That's when the 10-year treasury rate climbs. Which also causes the real world borrowing costs to rise or increase. I watch the ten-year Treasury just as cl- probably closer than I do the damn S and P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Nasdaq. If it were up to me, I would talk about the ten-year Treasury first and foremost. But that doesn't make a lot of sense in the world of financial news. One major reason the thirty-year fixed mortgage rate is tied to the ten-year Treasury. If you're a mortgage lender, you loan money to someone for thirty years, and you charge them say five percent annually. Then you often turn around and sell a bunch of these mortgages as an asset to investors. If the 10-year treasury bond pays 4%, then investors want your 5% mortgage bond. They will demand a higher return for the extra risk because they can just borrow the 10-year treasury bond instead. So your mortgage lender has to charge about 7% for that 30-year fixed mortgage that they're making. That means it costs more to buy a house. Home prices fall. Fewer houses get built. The economy slows. This is a genius article, and it's so up my alley. Uh, 30-year fixed mortgages are average about 7.3% right now because the 10-year treasury is averaging about 4.1%. This also doesn't just play into mortgages. It goes into loans like buying companies, loans for building factories, office buildings. It feeds through to stock prices as well when the 10-year treasury is above 4%. And I've been saying this for 25 years. When the ten-year treasury is around four percent, I buy bonds or money markets or treasuries. Um, when the ten-year treasuries are around three and a half percent, I'm probably more growth than income. And when the ten-year treasury is at three percent, two and a half percent, I'm buying the heck out of I'm buying the snot out of stocks. I'm like that kid has got so much mucus in his head. I'm buying him. Stock market investors value companies based on future earnings, which is, again, tied towards that 10-year lending time. Imagine a tech company that's expected to make $10 million a year in 10 years. Investors have to discount those future earnings to get a present-day value for that income and arrive at a more accurate currency, current valuation for the company. The 10-year treasury bond is a common way to do this, discounting. For example, if the 10-year yield is 2%, the present-day value of that $10 billion in the future is worth slightly less. And the 10-year Treasury yield is 4%. That $10 billion is suddenly worth a whole lot less in today's money. So the 10-year Treasury bond is the number one thing I watch. If I'm going to put my finger up in the air while I'm playing golf and drop a piece of grass and see where the wind's blowing, that 10-year Treasury is my, my stock guide. So... Megan Rapino put a daring spin on Nike's World Cup gender neutral fashion line by going shirt free under the blazer. Nike has a lot to gain and a lot to lose on the women in the short term. Nike stock has hauled out 8% in 2023. That's not good when the SP 500 is up 18%. There's too much inventory, not enough demand, a sluggish economy in China. Second largest market is China. Competition from upstarts up like own. And a Hoka, my kids wear Hoka's. And I'm like, why are you wearing that? Dad likes Nikes. Well, that's probably why they're wearing them, <laughs> to be honest with you. If I start wearing Hoka's, they'll start wearing Nikes, I'm guessing. Nike stock may be ready for a big push higher later this year. A lot of its problems from high COVID era shipping and raw material costs and too many shoes that no one wanted to buy are fading while the focus has returned to innovation. Markets are slowing down in the U.S., And China is trying to recover. Nike's rate of sales growth should start to accelerate and margins should improve. I just said something pretty interesting. US is starting to slow, economically speaking. We've had a good run, but some of the data is showing signs of slowing. Whereas China never had that. They still haven't recovered from COVID. So we're waiting for them to go up or kind of waiting for us to go down. Long term if you buy Nike, buy it and reinvest the dividend. It's not gonna be NVIDIA, it's not gonna be glorious, but they're doing quite well with some of their brands still. They're direct to consumer, they're um Jordans. So they're not meeting their goals, and that's typically what I'm most attracted to a stock. Uh maybe even to a mate. Like if, if they're hitting on all cylinders and they're winning beauty contests, I don't have a chance. You know what I'm saying? You kind of need some people, uh, how shall we say, companies to struggle to find them attractive.
1: The beauty's in the struggle. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the 7 Tests of Retirement Readiness, Thursday, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all 7 Tests?